Three, two, one, here we go from Jeremy's basement <laughs> studio. This is Pod BN. I am Tyson here with my buddy Jeremy. Hello. And uh, we're going to talk about Empire Street today. The reason I, uh, I pulled Jeremy into this is because I've been interested in this topic after Justin and I talked at the last episode. And I've kind of been looking for someone to chat with it, chat about with it. And most people that I that um, knew enough about it seemed to be kind of stuck at their initial impression of, um, you know, yay bikes, yay cars, or more likely boo bikes, boo cars. Um, but uh, Jeremy's kind of guy who likes to follow these things and get a little bit closer and think through things. So I think we agree on some things and not on others. And I thought it might be an interesting kind of public conversation to have about uh, about this issue that's been getting some media. So you good to go? Perfect. Let's All do right. it. Cool. Um, so first level set, are you, uh, you do bike some, right? Uh, yeah, not as much as I used to. I, we used to ride quite a bit. Um, and then obviously kids get a little older and chasing, chasing a kid around soccer field and here and there I'm unpaid Uber at this point. I'm not biking much, sure, uh, sure. but still have bikes. He, and now I'm looking at it from the perspective of my son staying home in the summer um, hey, can I go to this friend's? Can I now? He's the biker. So, oh, sure. So I kind of have a different perspective of used to cycle, get that um, more for pleasure, not because I had to bike someplace for work. Even though I've, I've done that around town, but now it's it's him. You know, hey, can I go across town to a friend? Well, what's the safe roads? Sure. Yeah. So that's a different different role, different perspective. Yeah. And uh, you used to live right off of where this work's being done, right? Yeah, we lived over in the White's Place area, over there by Wesleyan, so know, okay. know that area, know the area quite well. Okay, and then now you're over by me. Uh, yeah. People who followed the podcast before will know, but we live over on uh, Olive Street right by State Farm Corporate, yep. so we're kind of over in that neighborhood. Um, more affected south of the Washington. Yep, Washington. More, more affected by that controversy a couple years ago, the Washington Street bike lanes, so... Um, well, so the first thing, there hasn't been a ton of information out about this, um, more than some media coverage that basically I would describe as, you know, bikes versus cars. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot more going on in this. And I think, so I, I kind of wanted to start with like the least controversial thing, probably the thing we agree on the most sure. and see if we can work our sure. way into the disagreements and then maybe tease out where some of those are coming sure. from. And, and since last time, you went to the meeting that they had, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, I know I listened to the last episode and you guys were more in that, you know, just hearing about it, digging facts, but you've actually gone and yeah. driven the road. and. Yep. And so after that, that um, so after that podcast episode that I had, um, I pinged a couple aldermen that I knew, Jeff Crable mm-hmm. and Julie Mig, and I asked them if they had any more information. Um, and then Julie posted on her Facebook page, the letter that went out to the residents and a table that showed where all the work was being done. Um, and me like visually, I need a map. And I also right. like even better, I would see like where the place <clears throat> right. was. And right. So, um, I asked if there was a map and thankfully at that hearing that they had last Friday, there was a very large map spanned like five <laughs> tables right. 
And then there was also a little condensed map that just showed the where the road work was being done and where bike lanes were getting subtracted and added. Yep. And so I will... I think it'll be really helpful in our conversation for people to be able to reference that image. So I'll put that on the PodBN um, Facebook page for them to reference, sure. and I'll link that in the show notes so people can go and see that. Um, but yeah, then I went and drove it because um, I, I thought I'm <clears throat> fairly familiar with the area, but I still kind of wanted to get a sense of looking at it through these lenses of what's yep. going on. Yep. So. Um, so I think probably the least controversial thing that we shouldn't get lost in this is it's really nice that this road's actually getting redone, right? Oh, absolutely. I yeah. mean, it's in dire need of yep. repair. Yep. And um, Especially over there on the west side past Bent and, and going that way. I mean, that's it's yeah. pretty dicey. It yeah. is pretty nasty. Yep. Um, and the territory with the bike lanes is just between, like, Tawanda and basically where, like, it gets over to... Um, like by the DMV mm-hmm. over in that kind of area mm-hmm. of town. Um, but I assume they're redoing the whole thing, like all the way out to the airport. I don't actually know that. Right. But no bike lanes going out. Yeah, I saw on the map it didn't really go past uh, like Bloomington Country Club yes. area. Yep, that's so, where it stops. Yep. So, um, so I think we're all going to be very thankful that we get some fresh payment mm-hmm. poured down on this and that the state's willing to give us attention that way. We can agree. Yep. And so... Uh, so another thing that's happening that I'm really surprised hasn't gotten more coverage and attention is that Route 9, uh, uh, according to Jim Karch, the public works director, the, um, the Route 9 is getting rerouted slightly on the west side of town. So currently what happens is if you imagine you're sitting at like the intersection of Tawanda and Empire, so that's right by Bloomington High School. And you're, you start driving west on there, so you start driving uh, like past the Arby's, past the high school and stuff like that. Keep driving, you go across uh, Main Street and Center Street, you keep going, and then you get to Lee Street and take a left there. The, the route directs you left. And you go past, you're in a residential area at that point, you're going past Bent Elementary School. Right. And you would go down and intersect with either Locust, but probably more likely people are going to Market Street at that point. And um, I've driven that route many times and um reflecting on it you got a whole bunch of highway traffic getting routed through a residential area and going past an elementary school mm-hmm. really not very safe um, so the new plan is for picture going that same route now you would go to center street which is like highway 51 that big um big one that goes north south you would take a left on center street so you'd still be on that highway type road and then that intersects with locust street and there's going to be a little stretch of Locust Street that's now changed to two-way to allow you to then get back going west on there. And, and that's a huge benefit. I mean, that's where the old Central Catholic was, that field that's there now. Um, and then what's the towers there? Uh, uh, that the residential building oh, yeah, down there. Yeah. The so that's all one way coming back uh, east into town and, and being able to cut right. Otherwise, you're driving down to Market Street and going that way and over. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Which, like you said, a lot of people are probably doing Market Street anyway, but just the traffic flow, totally with you. When I heard, I mean, you were telling me about that, and I'm like, you're getting kids away from, or you're getting traffic away from Bent School. That's huge. Yeah. My, yeah. my kid went there. You're, you're driving through. There's there's cars all the time. Like, that's a huge benefit. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really great. And I hope that that comes out later on when the details are, are, are um, you know, more known to the general public. But uh, if all those roads didn't make sense to people, I know I threw a bunch of words on there. Again, look at the map. 
look at, imagine going down Empire Street, turning left, turning south on Center Street, and then being able to turn onto Locust Street at that point, and Route 9 continues on in that direction. Um, so that's, that just, um, that, there's another thing that's really nice that's going on. But they're they're going to still, the city, or the state's still going to pave the roads. Yes. And then turn it over to the city. So yes. the city would have that road, a fresh road by Bent School, but now it would be city yeah. road. So yeah, I, um, I, I believe that that's what Jim Karch told me, um, that they were going to be taking responsibility, that the city will be taking responsibility for Lee now. State will still pave it and transfer it over. Um, I, I could have misunderstood what he was saying. That was the context where I asked him, I said, it's kind of a shame to have state-owned roads like right in the middle of our city because then we can't control them. And he said, well, we can't control them, but then I'm not responsible for taking care of them either. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we can... Uh, Lee does make a lot more sense for the city to own yep. that part right there, too. Yep. So, so yeah, we're in, uh, so we're in good shape. Going good so far. <laughs> so then... Uh, there's another thing, it's kind of a minor thing, but I think it's also good to point out. Over on Locust Street, um, right by Bloomington High School, this is where, like, Locust comes down, uh, what's that cross street called? Colton. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's right before Locust gets to Bloomington High School. Currently, there's only sidewalks on one side of that street. Mm-hmm. Part of this will be to add sidewalks to the south side of that street as well. well. That's good. So um, people who live, like, over by David Davis Mansion... Um, in that area, they'll be able to walk on a sidewalk um, to Bloomington High School now. Well, or to the junior high. Or to the junior yeah. high. Yep. yep. High school or junior yep. high. So um, that's a nice thing, too, that's that going is. on. Pedestrian friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's already, like, plenty of room for that to occur. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So that's nice. So, um, so I think that's the only... Uh, Non-controversial topics that we have, so Probably then, not. <laughs> so that we'll see how uh, we'll see how it gets to the controversial ones. So while they're redoing this, then and this is the one that's got the big headlines. While they're redoing it, then there's going to be bike lanes added to a lot of the street, and there's a combination of bike lanes and what's called sharrows, and those are those are the symbols you're familiar with on mm-hmm. the road. Like on. Grove Street, for yep, example. Yep, Grove Street's a yeah. good example. It's got a picture of a bike, and it's got some arrows, and the idea is to indicate to bikers where they're supposed to ride, because you're supposed to be going right where those arrows are, mm-hmm. and it's also supposed to indicate to cars that bikers are allowed to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, those symbols stamped every now and then, there's no particular infrastructure indication there. Right. Um, so... This whole stretch, if you think about that circle, um, you start at you know, Bloomington High School, drive all the way down Empire, drive back around, go south to Locust, and then drive all the way back up through downtown, keep going, and then you're back at Country Club again. Um, that whole stretch is going to have um, some combination of bike lanes on one or both sides, or where the road is too narrow, then there's going to be those Shero stamps in there. So it's going to kind of go back and forth between mm-hmm. those two things. Um, I asked why there wasn't just bike lanes the whole way. Um, the public works rep I was talking to said that it's just the street's too narrow to put a bike lane on there, and they weren't going to go and, like, either do eminent domain or yeah. buy property from people in order to cut it back even yeah. wider. Which Make front yards 10 feet. <laughs> yeah, 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 which really. seems wise to me. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, that's, that part, at least. Um <laughs> And so with that, there's some places where people could currently park where they're not going to be able to park anymore. 
and that's the issue. So, um, so then, so I guess something that's really interesting to me then is what I see in the general public, and by general public I mean what's on social media. So, take that with a grain yeah. of salt. But also, as I've talked to some people too, it seems like knowing only what's broadcast, knowing only like there's going to be more bike lanes, there's going to be fewer parking lots, fewer parking spots. Mm-hmm. You already have pretty much people forming really strong opinions about what should be done. So I'm kind of curious on your perspective, like before you knew more, before you know the details, like where does your mind go when you hear we're taking out parking to put bike lanes in on Empire Street? Um, Well, so I go to why, you know, is this one of my big concerns? And again, being a guy that likes bike, bike, bike around town understands the perspective and then you got the kid perspective there's there's a place for a bikeable community and and i'm for that we need to have that um i look at something like a markets or a a route nine and say is this a solution in search of a problem Uh, is it hey we need to have bike lanes so let's put it here here's an opportunity let's put it here is that what's happening or is that the best spot you should have bike lanes and and um, I know you talked about Washington Street. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, what, four years ago, six years ago, something like that. And I remember talking to friends in the biking community going, they should absolutely not be putting those on Washington Street. Um, you're going to have city council people that somebody gets in an accident or somebody gets hit or what, that's on them. And, and it, for me, it was a safety sort of thing. So I, I go, if you operate under a philosophy of, hey, when it makes sense, should we make this more bikeable? Should we be sure? Absolutely. Um, are there different ways to do that? Absolutely. Is this the best way to do it? Or is this, Hey, here's an opportunity. Let's jump. Yeah. We're already doing it. Yeah. Let's just go ahead and put those on there. Um, now that being said, the whole complete streets idea, um, I think it absolutely makes sense that when you're looking to redo a street, you know, to take that opportunity and go, Hey, should we just do what we did before? Or is this the time to rethink that? And over, over time, you know, you can piece out little, pieces and make things better. I, I think there's wisdom in that. You should be looking for that. Um, but just because you think about it or look for it doesn't mean you should mm-hmm. do it, if, if that makes And that's when I first heard that, I'm like, seriously, you're putting bikes on Route 9? Why? Is this just to be you know, so we're more bikeable? Because I'm not going to put my 13, I'm not going to allow him to ride on Route 9. It's not going to be safe for him. Mm-hmm. You'd have to do some... Some, and I, I know you, I said this to you before. It, yeah. If if you were looking at a major road like that, in my opinion, and you were wanting to make it bikeable, you would have to do something like they do in Washington D.C., where they have you know the curbs that actually separate out, or they got those little like vertical, uh, you know, like three foot almost uh, and pylons, pylons or, yeah, pylons mm-hmm. or whatever, something like a visual barrier or something like that to make that safe. And and that's also one of my issues with the Washington Street one of yeah you'll see a biker on there occasionally and it's not tons and there's a lot of reasons I mean you identified mm-hmm. some of those last time that um, but you're not getting as many bikers probably because I'm not gonna let my kid ride on Washington Street especially when Grove Street's a block south I'm like when he wants to go someplace and go through hit the trail ride Grove Street go over and do that and stay off Washington yeah so that's interesting so let's um Sorry, let's you talk about on a rant, but <laughs> no, that's exactly yeah. that's what I asked you to do. Yeah. So, um, so let's talk about like places that 
So, I mean, like, bikes aren't allowed on interstates, so yeah, those are right, right out. Right. Right. Yep. <laughs> um, so that's definitely a place where it's like, yes, this is car-focused, mm-hmm. and we're not going to do that. Um, places like R Street, Olive Street, um, definitely very conducive to biking, mm-hmm. uh, so much so that I don't even know that we need any, like, paint or any kind right. of thing on the ground. Right. Um, I just tell my kids, stay to the right. And it seems plenty safer we are. Yeah, it's right? it's neighborhood or subdivision sort of rules. Like you drive in a subdivision, whether that's west side, east side, here, down, you kind of expect that you go into you know, roads like ours. That there's kids around. You got to watch out. You're in residential neighborhoods, so it's pretty clear there's going to be bikes or there's going to be kids playing or stuff like that. Yeah, I don't expect kids playing on Washington Street. Or yeah. I don't expect kids playing on on Route Nine or, or whatever. And not that biking's playing, but it, it, just that mentality. You go into a neighborhood, you're looking for that. Mm-hmm. You're not looking for it as much yeah. there. So it's um, so we kind of with those two like extremes that we sure. that we agree on. Then, um, so then thinking about like Grove Street, thinking about how Grove differs from Washington is interesting to mm-hmm. me because um, I checked out today. I mean, they both are residential areas. Mm-hmm. They both have the same speed limit. Um, but they the both have clearly, the same number of lanes. Washington's so. clearly an artery road. Yeah. And so there's a lot it? more parking on Grove. So, yeah, what's an artery mean to you? Like the, the volume of traffic that goes down it? it, it yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm using the, uh, when I think artery, I think more like the city definition, like the snow, the major snow routes. The purpose of the car is to move, or the, I'm sorry, the purpose of that road is to move cars through, t- through town. So I'm thinking uh, Main Street. Uh, east west you know you got college avenue you got route nine to a degree oakland and washington kind of have that to, to some degree i don't think of grove or i don't think of all over um new jersey's another one i don't think of jersey uh as an artery yeah sort of thing so yeah i think it's um where i would with ge road that's that's more um vernon or whatever whatever yeah. road you want to call it yeah, yeah. that w- i do think of that more as an artery to some Point. The purpose is to move cars. Yep. It's not um, for like multimodal transportation. Yeah, I mean, is is there a way that you could do it? Sure, but there's that solution in search of a problem. Like, are we doing it just so that we can be multimodal? So we can be that? It, well, you can do that in a better, safer way elsewhere. Yeah, and meet the need. So the Grove actually. To me, as a biker, it feels less safe than Washington does. And I can because, understand this. Because of the cars being parked, and then the all you've got is this occasional stamp, parts of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and technically, you're supposed to be able to be there, but um, the tendency is like to kind of weave in and out of parked cars, and that's, that's super dangerous there, too. Um, but it's... Uh, yeah, I, as I mentioned in the last podcast, like a lot of... A lot of it comes down to if something is, if the purpose of something is to move cars from one place to another, or if the purpose of that um, street is to more like connect people to things that they value, to like connect a community together. Right. And that um, becomes a disagreement for things like this. Um, so, yeah, I, I try to think with my children. And I'll go back to a second whether our children are the best people to think of when we think of these sure, situations. Sure. But I think of with my children, um, like I would probably just still direct them to stay on the sidewalks 
in most places, but mine's only nine, so yeah, it's a little right, different. Right. Um, but even sidewalks themselves are very dangerous because you're cutting across driveways. You're cu- you're going well. The sidewalks are and buckling. It's, I mean, I, yeah, I said something yeah. to JT about oh yeah, you know, you're not supposed to be on the sidewalk, and he's like, well, I'm not going to be on that sidewalk. And he kind of as we were walking one day, he was showing me. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, you point. can't really do yeah. it. So, so yeah, but um. So then I have trouble too because like car like bikes are allowed to be anywhere that cars are other than interstates sure. and so like you you are allowed to bike on Washington, um, so like do you feel like that's like a well just because you're allowed to like it's still an unsafe thing to do or is that um, so there my gut reaction is just because you're allowed to doesn't mean you should necessarily mm-hmm. but but you dig deeper beyond the the talking point. Um, there's different levels of um, of biker. Um, I mean, you, you talk to the bike blowno people. You, you got the people that are all the like Bloomington cycle uh, cycling team. You know, yeah. Heck, they can have the road because they're going 25 miles per hour, and they're. I mean, yeah. They get they they're used to it. They ride in packs. They can be three inches from a car and not, you know, where where you get my son out there, and and especially if I'm. If I'm riding with clear, you know, get six feet. So different levels of rider ability, different comfort. And I, I thought I saw something that there was like a scale, like one, two, three, four, five, as far as uh, professional, you know, ability yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so like a level five, if that's a thing, the, the Bloomington Cycle uh, race team, yeah, they could they could be out there, but you wouldn't need bike lanes, quote unquote, yeah. for yeah. them. So I think we agree on that point. Um, actually, my my wife is uh, part of the spokeswomen who. Yeah, is like a, my, my wife um, used to do that too. Okay, cool. Yep. So has it for a few years, but through uh, yeah. Bloomington Cycle and yep. Fitness too. Yep. And so I, I told her when I, when we were talking about this, I was like, just so you know, like I'm not sure that I really care about you guys that right. much. Right. Um, you know, people should still be educated enough to um, not, you know not clip you not tailgate you not honk at you when you're using the road as mm-hmm. you're supposed to mm-hmm. but you guys are hobbyists you, you don't have to do this for transportation right. right and um and you also like you know have a strength in numbers <clears throat> and a confidence that comes you know from being able to use this and also you can go very fast you have these uh professional these not professional bikes but pretty darn close yeah. you know, they can go like a really good clip and See. straight and so I'm not I don't really I don't think that that's the group that I think they're gonna be fine regardless of what we do so so I would actually say that is a group that I would uh, view for protecting or view for that because, oh, okay. Okay. because there's some hobbyists um, and I, I hear you you know they're definitely more advanced than our kids for mm-hmm. example so that's a different level but but you know my wife yeah she'd go every week every other week whatever and ride and it, and it was a fun social thing but she'd be nervous around cars or oh yeah there's that safety thing and there's the are cars looking for bikes when you're on that road are you looking for it versus if you're in front of our house you're you're kind of peeled out like a kid might run in front with a basketball or you know Mm -hmm. playing the street so you're kind of looking for that where you're not looking at it as much in those and that's where a bike lane comes into play of like trying to create that separation or create that hey look bikes here yeah somebody could be here which is good right um, yeah, that's just not. If we're going to talk about like what the public investment, like what should the public spend money on? Yeah, um, that's not. So when I say I don't care as much about them, I mean like uh, whether we build a bike lane or arrows or, or, or don't have anything. Um, I think that those that they can like 
largely fare on their own, or they can just not do it. Like if they, if my wife does ultimately doesn't feel safe riding a bike, she can just stop and mm-hmm. like she can't do her hobby, and that's a shame because it's a good hobby to have, but it's not going to like affect her ability to go to work yeah. or like any huge like fundamental detriment to her life. And so I don't think the best case for a public investment in some kind of infrastructure is is that group, other than it is still a public safety issue, and so you have to make it clear what people can and can't do or or an alternative for that type of group is the kind of bike path that's on route 66 now mm-hmm. or or something like a constitution trail where yeah. it's a safe spot where there's not cars where you can go and get some exercise and have some social benefit mm-hmm. and, you know maybe go from here to uptown normal on a bike safely cool you could do those sort of public infrastructure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you need to do it on Route 9? And, and I'm not saying that's what this is, but uh-huh. do you need uh, Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. Like, yeah. So, so the group that I really care the most about, though, I mean, one is kids, but also that's just about, like, teaching kids how things really work. But mostly it's people who, um, like, who are in poverty and can't, like, what is their role in society if they uh, can't afford a car? You know, I even think about when I added up myself, depending on what kind of car you have and what kind of issues you have, you're spending somewhere between like four to $10,000 a year on a car. And so if you look at even someone like a teacher, a new teacher who's earning like 35000 it's a significant portion of their after-tax take-home pay is a car. And if that's just like a, if that's an expectation, if that's a barrier to entry to, to get the places that you need to live in this city, then that's... Um, that's a bad thing. I think that we should make it so that people can access the things that they need to um, safely with uh, methods of transportation other than a car. And I would lump in that too. Also, people with certain medical issues, like um, family member has a condition with seizures where he can't drive, mm-hmm. and so how does he, you know, kind of get around? Mm-hmm. Um, so. I do want to get your reaction to that point. Um, so I will say first to take a step back, that doesn't mean that every single person should be able to, that, that people with that kind of situation should be able to live anywhere within Bloomington normal and still be able to get to every other single place in Bloomington normal. Um, you know, if someone chooses to live in the Grove <laughs> and they're like, oh, I need to be able to safely bike over the DMV, like maybe you should live somewhere else you know like if you know that you have that restriction so I there's also some like but at least you should have like a philosophy of allowing as many people as possible to use Mm -hmm. non-car transportation to Mm -hmm. get places so what's your reaction to that idea well so I I go to that's one of the large reasons of public transportation like buses right Mm -hmm. Um, so you can do that yeah uh, bikes can definitely have a place there uh, walkability definitely has a place yep. there so yep. so yeah you do you do need to put those together um, that's a good thing overall so we're we're actually vehemently in agreement on okay. that one good uh, good but and, and man when you were talking I was thinking you know millennials also lump into this a little bit that mm-hmm. you get people that or you're seeing that millennial trend of like uh, five ten thousand why would I buy a car why wouldn't I just live downtown or live wherever close to live work play yeah sort of thing yeah. so that i can just walk and never mind or i can skateboard or rollerblade or take bike or w- whatever yeah and then if i need to go someplace i'll uber or i'll take the bus or or whatever yeah. so that's exactly why i mean those were the huge selling points for me living where i am because i work over oh yeah for corporate yeah um, me too you're the same way yeah. so we can uh you know most so i'm not a 
I actually like don't bike that often actually. So I, I realize I didn't say that to the audience. Like I, I like to be able to get places on a bike. I grew up in the Netherlands, which is like the most bike friendly <laughs> right. country in the right. world. So that just seems like kind of a given to me, but I did grow up in the country where we did not have bike lanes and I couldn't really get to a whole lot right. of, um, of need there. So no, at no time in my life has a bike been like my primary motor transportation or even like a significant hobby. Mm-hmm. But I, I, um, but I do like value walkability very highly, mm-hmm. which is, sure. I, I, we live here. I can work to, I can walk to work. I can walk to the gym. I can right. walk to the grocery store, walk to a coffee place. So it, it's kind of nice. Yeah. Um, but anyway, sorry, just wanted to interject that. No, you're, <laughs> so, so you go back to the, okay. So people that need, or that can't have a car or that need that, um, I think a bike is certainly or can certainly be a part of that solution, but you're not going to be able to bike in the winter in Illinois and a lot of, I mean, sure. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, you yeah. possibly could. You know, I know the fat tires and it's, uh-huh. but if but those are expensive bikes. Yes, if you're in a need situation, um, probably a better option at that point is a bus or, it, you know, is, is something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't mean that you need to have them on Route 9. So. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but then the flip side is, um, so I'll share a conversation, not that it's a, a need, but um, so my son this summer, you know, we're talking about how can he go to this place or this place or this place and going over on the east side. Um, and your son is how old? 13. 13. 13. Okay. So he, big soccer, you know, doing soccer, doing sports. And he wants to go do training over there at TPC over by um, north of the airport. Mm-hmm. And so I'm talking to him about, okay, well, yeah, you, you could go. Ah, how are we going to get over there? Am I going to leave work and come pick you up and take you there and come back? And then ah, couldn't you just bike? There's not a way. Yeah. I mean, think of a good way to get a, get across Veterans Parkway. No, yeah, I consider there, there's everything. that one under the bridge by Jumers up there yeah. that you can ride. But he's he's not going to ride three miles out of his way to go north to go. Like that's just not going to happen. Yeah, I consider everything east, uh, for better or worse. I consider pretty much everything east of Veterans Parkway largely out of bounds. If you're going to try to ride a bike, there. if you're on the there. west side of yeah. Veterans, if yeah. you're on the west side, and there's a west side east side divide yeah, right. that occurs there, you can do it. There's places where the trails go over. Um, you know, there are there are crosswalks. Like you, you can do it. But I'd just say less practically, but more just psychologically. If I was going to take a bike ride, I'm heading west from where we are or south. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna venture out in right. that direction. Um, and yeah, there's just really not a um, nice way to do that. Right. There's but, a book I was reading about um, walkable city rules. I talked about it mm-hmm. last time, and uh, one of the things they noted was how, especially like baseball fields in in new construction, tend to be moved places. You can only drive to them, mm-hmm. and um, he said slightly in jest, but uh, slightly to make a point that half of the majority of the exercise you get playing baseball uh, as a kid is actually walking to the place where you're going to play baseball. <laughs> um, and so, uh, you know, neighborhood baseball fields like you used to have in, in you know, in the good old days before, uh, before you and I, um, they, uh, you know, they were. We don't we don't see those around very much anymore. You pretty much have to have your parents drive you to the place and then either drop well, you off or stay with you there. That's a whole different conversation because then it's all the travel leagues and all the pony baseball and well, all the yeah. America. so now yeah. they're specializing at second grade so you don't have pickup ones because if you play baseball you're playing in those sorts yeah, of things. So. Yeah, a little bit. That's of a little different. But your point being that there's uh, there's you recognize a need for 
that there's some benefit to increase connectivity and safe uh yeah clear, clearly clearly mm-hmm. and and I, so that the point about going you know east of veterans for example so in the case of my son so he's not able to do that safely or safe enough for my mm-hmm. my trust level at this point um, given his age and stuff but so does that mean we need to build something in uh, you know sorry mm-hmm. sorry you know 13 year we can find another path for you yeah. or, um, to your point if there's somebody that is living on um, the east side of veterans and works at state farm for example and they they have to rely on a bike. How do they do it? Mm-hmm. What do they do? Okay, that's where you can start to look into, uh, you know, what what solution. And that was with the Washington Street. I heard from friends in the biking community. Well, you know, there's a lot of people that now can bike to uh, State Farm, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to see the data on that. You know, it, it, yeah, people. Oh, yeah, I have a story, or I know somebody. Eh. It, it, Are we, we building for three people? Yeah. Or? If this was a debate, I wouldn't mention it because it weakens my point. But it's a conversation. Yeah. There aren't a ton of bikes, even on really nice spring and fall days. There are not a ton of bikes parked at corporate. Um, so there's there's the same few that go. Um, but yeah, it's not like a it's not a way that a lot of people get there. Right. Right. So I think that's and cool. and and maybe State Farm. You know, kind of given the the. Um, corporate the jobs the maybe that's not the best example and we need to be looking at a, a different income bracket or different and maybe there you know there are a lot more at what other other place um yeah but what when we're looking at these things, i said solution search of a problem hey let's put a bike lane in why mm-hmm. for how many people what what's the benefit yeah what, who, who are we building for and that's that's where my mind kind of goes to. And so even though, is this right to your perspective on it? Um, even though they're allowed to be there mm-hmm. legally, mm-hmm. Um, and I I wouldn't think you would necessarily, like, you wouldn't be um, thinking like we need to change that, right? To like make more places no. out of bounds for bikes to be allowed to be. Okay. No, no. So they're allowed to be there, but where do you encourage them to be? And mm-hmm. if you set up biking infrastructure, you're <clears throat> encouraging more bikes to be present in a place where there are more cars and hence putting more people at risk. Yeah. So can we, can we look at alternative streets um, yeah. that meet the same end? Mm-hmm. If, if the goal is to provide a safe way for bikes and cars to coexist and for people who choose to use bikes or have to use bikes to move around the community to different points, is there a way to make that possible, make that safe yeah. for all involved? That that would be, I guess, where I would start for from. And so that's where I look at a Constitution Trail or a, you know, like that, um, the one we we're talking about on, on Route 66, where it's set aside or, or it's safer from cars. Mm-hmm. Now I understand that costs a lot of money, and so you can't always do that. And, and that's where my mind goes to. Okay, so if you're doing a, redoing a street, like for example Bun Street, um, south heading towards State Farm Park, that thing was terrible four or five years ago. They said, hey, we're coming in, we're redoing it. Is that the time where you look in that street and says, hey, there's not much traffic. We could be getting a lot of people possibly biking to State Farm Park Mm -hmm. area. Like that could be a high traffic, a use thing. Is that the time we then put a bike lane in? And then, okay, we do it. Let's say yes. How should we do it? Should we do we paint? Do we put the sharrows? Because I'm not sure that's super safe. Do we put a line down? That provides a little more cut. Do you put those pylon things up? Yeah. Do we do curbs? Well, I'm not sure we need to when there's 10 cars traveling on it per 10 minutes or whatever. That's a different conversation on Route 9 or Washington in my mind. And, yeah. that, and that's kind of that criteria I go through. 
okay. mentally. Yeah, yeah. I can. Um, I think I understand better where you're coming from. Um, and the place that I really think that illustrates it, where, um, where I frankly have concerns in this particular one, is putting Sharrows next to the country club um, on Tawanda. So this would be... Uh, if you're driving on Tawanda, you've got Bloomington High School on your left, and you've got the country club on your right. And the, the proposal right now is to put Sharrows there. Um, I really have trouble figuring out how bikes safely are getting on that and where they're going to yeah. from that. So they go and they get to that intersection of Empire and Tawanda. The, the, the Sharrows are going to be on the right side. So they're going on the right side of the road. On the country club side. On the country club side, yep. Yeah. And it's a turn lane, so cars aren't usually stopping. Yeah. And so they're going to have to be cutting across that turn lane. I don't... I think there might be a crosswalk to get over to, like, the where the post office is over there. If it is, if two of those lanes are through traffic. They never yeah. stop. Yeah. Right? So if... I think that is probably the strongest illustration of your point is, like... That is just really not a good place to encourage bikers to be making right. their traversal over there. Right. Um, so, and to you your know. point, where are they trying to go? Are they trying to go to um, the you know that parkway up there, Cheeks and, and yeah. all that? Are they trying to go up there, or is it the residential stuff that's a little further yeah. past that? Um, where well, you know it does make sense. You've got a high school, right? So you should try to make it so people can bike to their high school. Correct. Yep. But if you're sending teenagers that route could um, you back it up a block to on colton and go up that that yeah, way and over and go up that way and yeah, yeah and, and avoid that stuff so um so that's or, a place or if you're going to put something there you you yes we need to have a bike lane i don't think some a little bit of paint on the ground is going to provide the the safety protection yeah and and so then it becomes a self-defeating prophecy of um, well, you know, it's not safe, so I won't put people on. You know, kids can't go. I won't go. Oh, nobody goes on the thing. Why'd we spend all the money? Because nobody uses it. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's already, um, I'd say I already am pretty much on high alert going into there. Because that intersection right before that's really confusing, too. Because you've got, like, some cars coming south that's... Um, they got to do like, a little S-curve. Yeah, there's a little S-curve, yeah. and so there's like a real unnatural four-way stop there. Plus, you're in a school zone, so there's kids coming across to go to tennis. There's just like a lot going on yep, there. Right. And um, so I'm, I'm compiling some feedback to send to Public Works and, and my city council rep, mm-hmm. and that's going to be one of mine that I think that that's um, – I think it's dangerous and imprudent. Um, there's some evidence also that – Sharrows actually, and this supports your point, there's some evidence, and of course any kind of study you do is disputed, but the, <laughs> sure. the conclusion of the study was that Sharrows are actually more dangerous than nothing being there at all. Uh, because to your point, it encourages people to be there, but it doesn't really provide them any real protection. So. So, so in my mind, I go, okay, so instead of doing Route 9 here, why not go like Walnut Street right there? And so that on one end goes directly into the parking lot, the, mm-hmm. the pull-in of the junior high, mm-hmm. goes all the way back up, and then there's a nursing home up by Clinton. I was trying to find it here on the map. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right there. So, you know, it goes all the way up there. That's a road that uh, gets you to the place you want to be. There's hardly any traffic on it. Um, it can connect right to the trail. I mean, the trail is right there, so you're connecting into the trail. Yeah. Put put bikes there mm-hmm. and keep them completely off Route 9 because even the one going from Bloomington Junior High back up to the trail, that's an all-uphill 
ride, first of all, and it's a one-way street, so are you going to choose that? And you're, yeah. yeah. So I find it interesting that this uh, this wasn't part of the bike's master plan. I wish I knew more about the bike master mm-hmm. plan, um, but this this route was not part of it, um, and I don't know why. Uh, it could have been because it's a state route, so we assume we couldn't control it. Yeah. But um, it, it seems like if you've got a plan and someone's proposing something that deviates from that plan, then you should say, like, no, thank you. Um, so it, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I might challenge that a little bit. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, so yeah. let me put it another way. If the bike advocates came together and they and, and came to an agreement that this is what we would like in terms of a biking system, yeah. and there's going to be... Um, a biking system put in a place that deviates from that you would have think they would have already considered that and rejected it because it's not the best option so maybe maybe you would say then okay don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good this is still some things there mm-hmm. but um but what i what i like about our conversation so far is we haven't even brought up parking at all mm-hmm. and so even if zero parking spots were being eliminated because of this it's not about like your sentiment is not bikes versus cars it's Bikes versus cars in the in the crash sense, right? <laughs> right. It's yeah. are you encouraging bikers to go in a place that would be ultimately less safe than other options right. for them? Right. Uh, and that's a very reasonable position um, that I uh, you know I can I can respect that. And and are we are we putting risk on drivers? Um, I mean I don't want to kill somebody by I didn't see them I didn't expect that and. You see that with motorcycles all the time, right? The like, look for motorcycles. They clearly have mm-hmm. the right. They have more protection, more speed, you know. Um, and still, how many accidents have we had? Motorcycle and be, oh, I didn't see the motorcyclist. Yeah. Um, so that's a place where like you can get to a point where you can actually have a rational discussion, right? Because if you and I were really in charge of fixing this and not just two guys sitting in a basement, um, <laughs> right. you know, spouting our right. spouting our opinions. Um, we could then sit down and go, okay, well, we've articulated some shared goals, and let's try to figure out if we can come to systems to better reach those goals. Mm-hmm. Because um, any biking advocate who says, like, I'm okay putting <laughs> – they're not okay having bikes in danger either, right? And that's – they just uh, – have a I think if you can try to convince them yes this is a dangerous place for you to be on a bike even if even though you're allowed to be there right it's still a dangerous place um, you now I think about like there's just certain areas of certain towns you don't go into at night <laughs> right. you're, you're are you allowed to be right. in that place in downtown Chicago yeah. at 2 a.m right. yes you are right. allowed to be right. you should, shouldn't be there right. um, yeah so then um, so then I think the last topic I had on this, though, you do bring parking back into it. Mm-hmm. And this is one piece of information I'm missing is um, so right now, like those are parking spaces, but there's no indication that they are parking spaces. Mm-hmm. It's just a very wide lane that people can park on the right side mm-hmm. of in these places. And that's what's being eliminated as far as I saw when I could drive mm-hmm. it today. Um, since there's a bike lane going in there, um, then you would not be able to park there anymore. Um, well, and even that I would question because you, you, certainly there's models around, and I'm sure you've seen them you yeah. go to different cities where the, the bike lane is against the curb and yes. the parking is outside. So yeah. the cars actually end up being a safety buffer yeah. for, for the bikers. 
Um, does that work everywhere? No, but in some of these areas around like Bent School or on the west side, that model could probably work yeah. over there and not eliminate parking. Yes, it would make the street a little more narrow, mm-hmm. um, but if so long as there's no safety concerns there, could that be an option? Yeah. I think this is a total non-starter, but actually what occurred to me when I was driving it today, especially once you get um, into the residential areas, um, which is most of what we're talking about here, like one lane would probably be sufficient going both ways. And if you cut it down to, sorry, not going, they're one-way streets. So one lane would probably be sufficient if you had um, one lane parking and then biking, then that would be probably maximal safety for everyone. So the only concern there is if someone opens your door and the, the bike hits it, but yep. then you just got to know to just, I mean, you're supposed to just watch out for right. people when they're but around he, But he, as bad as that is, that's way better than a car hitting you. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I'm not even um, thinking I would propose that because that's a total, that's a non-starter. But yes, like theoretical, like walkable city design, that's very attractive because then the parked cars protect the bikes and they also protect the houses too mm-hmm. um it just had like i mentioned i had a friend in normal who car went off and their went off the road went into their house yep. knocked over their gas meter they had to live in a hotel for um you know for weeks and daughter has anxiety issues and she was having like medical yeah you know it's like it's not good yeah. if there were cars parked there it would help them yeah um so so part something that something i do Something I do not know about this is if parking were to remain on these, would it be delineated somehow by a line? Because that would help me out a lot. Yeah. Because then that would indicate, like, it would make, it would indicate you're not supposed to, like, pass people on the right. Right. Because two times when I was driving on there today, someone stopped to go left and someone went over on the right where you're supposed to be parking and pass them on the right. Right. Which is pretty unsafe behavior. Right. I think if there was a line there, even though it's just a strip of paint. Right. I don't think the person would do that it, psychologically. Yeah, it at least, it at least signals or at least signals a behavior. Yeah. Yep. And, um, and in general, I'm interested to see if this is intuitive to you, but like, I mean, the, the term is a road diet, but the narrower roads are the more cautious and slow it feels psychologically yeah. acceptable to go. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why you, um, Grove versus Washington, a difference for me is I don't have trouble driving the speed limit on Grove, but I have trouble driving the speed limit on Washington. Mm-hmm. I have to just watch my speedometer right. the whole time I'm on Washington. Right. And I have the State Farm Drive Safe and Save that. <laughs> <laughs> and I speed on there. That's like if there's one place in town I'm speeding, <laughs> right. it's because I definitely think I could go 40 on Washington. Right. Right. Um, but Grove, I don't, um, I don't, uh, 30, 35 seems very natural to mm-hmm. me. So I think it's some combination of the cars being parked on there. Yeah, big trees over the roads. Yep. It, you know, it just feels, it's residential. It makes, makes it a little yep. narrow. It yep. makes the lanes narrower. Um, so something that would make me more comfortable being okay with parking on here is if I knew that there was going to be a parking line. Uh, one of the objections to bike lanes is that they cost money because you have to put a strip of paint over there. Um I find that strip of paint valuable from a safety perspective, regardless of what's over on the right mm-hmm. side of the street there. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's a question that I have. So I would like to see the roads be narrower because the roads are highway width roads. They're like 13, 14 feet. I asked the engineer mm-hmm. and with the bike lanes, they'd be going down to 10, 11 feet, which is much more what you'd expect in a residential neighborhood and signals to you. So, um, so I don't know if, I don't know if there's like any way that bikes, 
paths aren't going to be on these at this point. I think that maybe there's the ability for a city to persuade one way or the other. Right. But where they aren't, I would hope the parking would be delineated there. Um, does that all make sense to you, or does that seem like pseudoscience type stuff? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> like, I, and I understand the data backs backs that up. And you know, my personal <laughs> my personal preference aside, you know, I, you know, I, I don't want to go slower on Washington because that should be the quickest way to get through town. If if I'm needing to get downtown or needing to go, I want to be able to go a little faster on Washington. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, if I had my way, get the bike lanes off of Washington, put them on Grove, and kick the speed limit up a little more. You know, if, if assuming safety and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But um, it, to me, that's that road is the, one of its purposes to move cars. Mm-hmm. So let's do that efficiently. Yeah, downtown. right. Yeah. Um, so I, I get the diet road thing. It's just I don't like it when it's you know applying diet roads to roads that are intentionally supposed to move cars. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not the spot to do that. Let, yeah. Let's go someplace else. Yeah. Yeah. That, my opinion. But no, no. It, it, that, and that's the whole like debate, right? Again, to go back to one of the first things we said is is the per, in these areas of in these residential areas is Route Nine is Empire is Locust is Washington. Um, what function is that serving? Right. Um, so the the last thing that I think we. We probably agree on this too. Um, I was talking to the engineers about, especially on Lee and on Locust on the west side. If you took away the on-street parking from everyone there, would they be okay? And um, the the assessment of the they, they had like some video footage they could look at, and also like <coughs> Google images to try to see what the lot sizes are. Do people have other options? Yeah, the, the it's more dense. You yeah. get more housing density, smaller and, lots, and that's where you need the the lot yeah. or you need the spaces more. Yeah. Yep. So um, what they were finding, and also feedback from residents, because the, the city sent them all the letter, all the and people whose parking was mm-hmm. being re- impacted on street parking. Um, the feedback is that most people would have readily have other options readily available. So think about if you live on a corner, right? You can either park on Locust or you can just park on the other side of your house. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Um, some people have these. Most of these houses have alleys in the back, so some of them have drive have um, garages in the alleys. There's plenty of parking there. You can't park in the alley. There's not enough room. Um, so most of them have other options that aren't that big of an inconvenience. But there are a few parcels who really would not have. Even as someone who's inclined to like want to support this, I had to admit like, yeah, there's like. Probably four to five properties that just really don't have another option. They're parking pretty far away from their house. And if they have any sort of mobility issues or in the winter, like you mentioned, um, or if they, you know, have like two to three cars in that people over. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Where are you going to where where are you going to put everything? So. um, So I think that's a very serious concern that should be weighted highly um, not to make someone's Agreed. property unusual by uh, unusable by this agree and, and then then that goes back in my mind to okay so how many people are benefiting by the bike yeah yeah are we inconveniencing 20 people or whatever to benefit three eh, we probably shouldn't do that mm-hmm. yeah um, and I'm not saying I'm not saying that only three people are going to use it you know you could have a hundred or thousand yeah. I don't know but it's not a costless proposition right right um, so something that Jim Karch mentioned is that there's a route down Chestnut, which is right here, that if more was, if more of these paths were routed on Chestnut, which seems like a street that's more aligned mm-hmm. with your per- right. perspective, it's in the bike master plan, mm-hmm. 
and all of, that would avoid um, all of the troubling properties that they've identified right. so far. Right. And that's that's part of at this point that's part of what their recommendation is to IDOT is to um, to leave the parking along Locust in those areas, and then the city can at whatever point we're redoing Chestnut, we can route bike traffic in there. That so makes sense. That seems pretty reasonable. That, that, that seems better than than this than that you know the route part proposal. of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so I think that's really interesting because it. On the one hand, I feel like, hey, I got all this stuff going on in my life. You know, <laughs> I had three kids. I got a house. I got a job. I got, um, you know, hobbies. I like playing video games. You know, <laughs> um, I like just, uh, you know. Um, so, what's the point of like? Am I am I just trying to like learn about this stuff and talk to people about this stuff just because like I want to feel important or because I. Um, I just like to be someone who knows things or, or want to look down on people or whatever. And, like, I really think it's not because a lot of these city issues, like, it's not about high level how you feel pro or con. Like, frankly, I, I it doesn't, if all you do is email your aldermen and be like, I hate this or I love this, it doesn't tell them anything. But if you can say, overall, if I was going to change three things about this, here are three things I would recommend you change and here's why, mm-hmm. then, like, that that has like a real like legitimate chance of actually affecting something about this. Like I and this conversation with you, with you is part this, of this. Yeah. And we've had this conversation outside of this multiple times of you get involved in your local. That's where you can have the impact. Yeah, that, exactly. Yeah. And it's stuff like this, you know. Yep. As soon as I had this, I, I knew, I mean, I already had two and this isn't again, this isn't like to pat myself on the back like, oh, I'm so connected. But I had two aldermen's numbers in my phone and I just sent them text real quick. I'm like, hey, you have anything on this Empire Street thing? And then as I learned more, I've they've got so many things that they're thinking about. Mm-hmm. I've probably spent more time than them thinking about this. I'm like, hey, uh, you know, can I shoot you some thoughts? Do you want me to see the map that I made? Do you wanna and they're like, Yeah, sure, you know, go ahead and send it over. So um, and they appreciate the help. They don't appreciate like just criticism or gut reactions. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and if I'm an alderman, I'm sitting there. I want to hear that perspective. I want to hear your perspective. I want to hear bike blown over perspective. I want to hear, um, you know, the the not in my backyard perspective. I want to. He- you want to hear all those different perspectives so you yeah. can make an informed decision. But if it's something that's like actionable, it's just going to go like so much further. Um, and it's no guarantee. Like you're just one person in the yeah. city. But the best way is like. You have your initial reaction, like get over that, learn the details, have conversations, come up with one to three things that you think would make it better and why, and then um, and then run for city council. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, check. Yeah, cool. I got it backwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this is this was really um, helpful for me. Um, that was every, th- th- those were all the main topics in my perspective, and uh, wow, that was an hour. That went really nice. Fast. Um, was there anything else that was on your mind that we kind of hit on or things you wanted to come back to or anything? No. Um, so, uh, I, f- I figured we'd disagree on a few more items just based on our initial combo. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I like to prod people. So, <laughs> um, so on the whole, I would say that I'm still sitting at, well, a kind of like the inevitable, I, I don't think that it's not, I don't think on the whole that most of these aren't going to go in mm-hmm. like, the state's already pretty much decided they're just doing a gut check with us, and so the practical side of me, like, it's going to be there. Um, 
and how can you tweak it a little bit? Um, I think that they're by and large, it'll probably be like the Washington street bite lanes where they're there. You don't see a ton of usage, but there hasn't been any like high profile incidents there as well. So thankfully I don't think I share, I don't share like the concern for safety as much as, Mm -hmm. as not the concern. It doesn't seem as unsafe to me as it seems to you. Right. So maybe that makes me more likely to be okay with right. it. Um, so I think and we still on the whole feel on different, on different types of things. And, but and, and possibly part of that's because, you know, I've had three or four different friends that have gotten hit. And, and doing everything right. I mean, Axel uh, on Route 66, Dean Davis, when they were doing the time trials up there. I mean... Mm-hmm. Like yes. yeah, and I have not had Facebook. Like you see people that they are they are doing things right. They were legit. They were safe. They did nothing wrong. They got got taken out or hit or whatnot. Yeah, um, that's an issue. So if that's happening on that category five four sort of rider, um, you think I'm going to put my kid on that road? And no way. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are we going to take a leisurely? You know, we're going to go to the farmers market this weekend, and, it, and no, we'll we'll drive. Yeah. So it well, and I think there's a great tension too between innovation and caution as well, and it's important to have both voices be sure. expressed as long sure. as you can listen to and and hear from it. Um, and uh, and yeah, I think I, I understand your perspective better. So appreciate you taking the time here. Um, Glad to do it. A lot of fun. Yeah. To, I don't know why I find it so much <laughs> fun, of fun, but I just do. Yeah. So um, so if anyone listened to this and they they want to have. Um, Again, the map is on uh, the PodBN website. You can go and check that out. That's linked in the show notes. Um, and then if you, uh, if there's anything that we've I, I totally got off in this, I'd really appreciate you correcting me on it because um, I'll be compiling some of these thoughts into what I send to City Council and Public Works. And uh, if you have thoughts... Um, you know, that I'd encourage you to do the same. Contact your alderman. It's, if you just know what ward you're in, it's ward number, the ward eight, for example, at citybloomington.cityblm.com, and the public works department is publicworks at cityblm.com, and that's how you can uh, make your voice heard on this issue. So, thanks again, Jeremy. Thank you.